Football gravity dictates that what goes up must come down. And while that's been true of Tottenham in recent games, Manchester City have made a habit of defying that particular principle. They're once again on track to win the Premier League. They've already won their Champions League group. And in Erling Haaland, they have a striker who could be smashing Premier League and European records for years to come. Can a patched-up Spurs slow the Norwegian sensation down? I'm Kevin Hatchard, and this is Football Only Better. There's no slowing down my top tipping team, starting with Mark O'Hare, who's been crunching the numbers and watching the Villarreal B team, so you don't have to. Uh, Mark, City drew with Liverpool last weekend, but they did have chances to win that game. And even without Kevin De Bruyne, they are still a really formidable force, aren't they? Yeah, I thought some of the sort of inquiries into Man City after last weekend's draw with Liverpool was were a bit over the top, in fairness. Um, Could easily have won the game. If, yeah, taking the chances for the second goal, it's over. A hundred percent, and um, you know, I think possibly more um, in focus really should be perhaps Man City's squad depth, which is something we discussed uh, at the start of this season. It's something we discussed at the start of last season after Man City decided to sell some of the sort of big names who were kind of coming into the side and making an impact off the bench or you know from time to time. And I thought it was quite telling actually in that match against Liverpool that Pep didn't make a substitute. And if you looked at the bench, there wasn't a huge amount of top level options. Whereas Liverpool were able to bring on Luis Diaz, Gakpo, Harvey Elliott, Endo, Gravenberch, and they had Gomez and Canate as unused substitutes. So City did look like they tied a little bit in that second half and Liverpool did look relatively fresh in the last half hour or so. But um, in terms of the the final outcome, I think it was quite obvious that City were the better team over the 90 minutes. And maybe that squad size is is a risk um, as we get delve deeper into the campaign. But um, I guess with City now failing to win four of the last seven Premier League games, there is going to be a, a fair degree of examination and understanding of what's gone wrong. But they still quite clearly are the best team on the planet when they fancy it. And I think this weekend they'll be stronger than last weekend because you've got Grealish coming back from illness, played midweek. Um, Stones has got another week um, to potentially get fitter and more available. Kovacic is back as well. So you get the impression too that stylistically this will suit City down to the ground. Um, Spurs and, and Shpostakoglu are very unlikely, if not, yeah, it's just not going to happen. They're not going to overhaul their approach to to produce something defensive here. They're going to go to City and try and play and cause them problems. And I think they can cause them problems, uh, especially so if you look at the way City defended a midweek against Leipzig, the goals they gave away. Uh, surprising to learn they've only kept three clean sheets in nine Etihad matches so far this season. Now, the metrics are very strong for City defensively, but the eye test does tell you something different at times. They still yeah, they got seem... ragdolled by Lois Appender, didn't they? Midway, they did. deal with him at all. Yeah, um, and they still look quite vulnerable to, to kind of sharp counterattacks, which is what Spurs will attempt to do when they turn tra- turn possession over. Um, they were very, very, very wasteful in the first half against Aston Villa last weekend. Again, there's been quite a lot of revisionist about what Spurs have achieved so far this season because they've lost three games on the spin. Failing people to people seem seemingly failing to mention that they're being absolutely ravaged by injuries and suspensions. But um, I thought they were terrific and, and deserved something out of that game against Aston Villa. Uh, they just didn't take their chances when they when they came. And 
Uh, I think probably more so down to the fact that they played a defence full of fullbacks, started no holding midfielder. Then you got Brian Hill and, and Lo Celso coming in from the cold. Lo Celso played well. But I think the yeah. turning point of that Villa game was was Bentancourt's injury because they lost control of the midfield and at least they get Basuma as well, isn't he, Bentancourt? Yeah, till the new year at least. I think ten weeks or so, a which is a nightmare, isn't it? Yeah, a real shame. He's a, a really talented player, and I was excited to see him fitting into that midfield alongside Basuma or, or Saar. But they do they do get Basuma back. They get Saar back as well this midweek. So this weekend. So in midfield they should be stronger, but you're still looking at a central defensive partnership of potentially. Emerson Royale and Ben Davis because Ange doesn't oh. trust Dyer's pace playing the high line. That as a prospect against Erling Haaland is is quite frightening, really. <laughs> so City should be capable of scoring multiple goals in this match, um, as they have done routinely at the Etihad over the last 18 months or so. Um, but yeah, Tottenham are fantastic to watch. They will engage, they will create chances, and I think they can score against this Man City side. So I thought if you look at the, the match odds across the Premier League this weekend, Man City are basically the same price to beat Spurs as Arsenal are to beat Wolves, which is quite something. But um, I think City, that to, to engineer a, a more attractive price, just include both teams to score alongside the Man City win. Uh, you get uh, around about 13 to 10, 7 to 5-ish. Um, it's one in five of nine Eddie had games for City this season. Six of those nine have seen both teams score. And I was quite taken aback by this as well. But um, across the last 17 Man City matches across all comps, they've only kept three clean sheets. Bournemouth, Young Boys, Red Star, Sheffield United, they've all scored against Man City. Tottenham has scored in every game under Postacoglu, so no reason why they can't do similar here. Uh, but I think Man City will be much too strong against a, a patched-up Spurs side. So I'll, I'll combine the two, City to win and both teams to score. Yeah, sounds sensible to me. Market maker and tipster Brian McDonnell is on the panel once again. Brian, tough for Spurs in recent games with all of those injury problems. And that's understandable, right? Because it always takes a while to get Daniel Levy to loosen the purse strings anyway. It's nowhere near the squad that Postacoglu will eventually want. They'll get there in the end, but they're not there now. No, they're not. No, Um he has a starting eleven, I suppose, but once you you lose a couple of uh, uh, of those starters, they they're 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 not where where they will eventually be, as you said. Like, are they any better than they were at this stage last season? Um, results wise, no. Obviously, they're better to watch, but in terms of sort of, it's it's nearly been an identical start to the season as it was last season. Last season, their first time. Everybody wants to leave now. No, it's very odd. Oh, yeah, the, 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 yeah, I know. Yeah, but it, it, it's a lot more exciting, even for neutrals to watch. It's 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 a lot. It's a lot more. Um, you know, I remember at the start of last season. I think they were unbeaten in their first seven or eight games, and I was I was talking to a Spurs fan in 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 work at the time, and I was watching. I was like, they're winning games, but it's so so boring. I remember, mm. and it did. It sort of just before, it was around this time last year as well, like sort of October November. I, I think they'd lost one of their opening ten games, and then just ahead of the World Cup they they lost three or four and, and it's been quite similar really in terms of out, output this season Um, but yeah it's been it's chalk and cheese compared to how they played last season who who was it who said it, it, it's better to be absolutely ridiculous than absolutely boring oh it's a good I can, question I can see actual quiz go on I, no no I can see Marco here giving the right answer there Marilyn Monroe I can see him shouting there he's, he's, he's on mute but he said it but that's what uh, that's what Paul Marilyn fan 
Big, big Marlin. Marlin. Yeah, I know, I know. He's, he, he said it there. He's on mute, but I saw him, I saw him <laughs> out there at Marilyn Monroe. That's what uh, Postacoglu has been, though, isn't it? Just absolutely ridiculous. Um, he sticks to his ways. Mark said that, you know, they probably he probably won't change change it up going to Man City. He won't be a pragmatic. Um, you know, if he didn't do it against nine men of Chelsea, I, I, I can't imagine he's going to, that they're Tottenham are going to change their ways. Um uh, sorry, if he didn't do it against the nine men of Chelsea, yeah, I don't think they're they're going to change their ways against Man City. Um, he's never he's never really done it before. Postecoglou, even with Celtic last year, I remember it was their first year back in the Champions League for a couple of seasons, and they had a tough group. They had Leipzig and and uh, Real Madrid. Um, they're just like hell for leather in every game. Yeah, they tr- just tried to went, go toe to toe. You know, you think you're Celtic, you're coming up against Real Madrid, maybe try keep it tight at the back and 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 grind out a draw. Um, but no, Helder Skelter, they lose to Madrid 8-1 over the two group games. And it's the same at Leipzig, where it was 5-1 they lost over the two games. So I think Spurs will play the same way as they have all season. And, and with their injuries, as mentioned, I, I think City could actually have a have, have a field day here. Um, I remember on a pre- pre- previous, a couple of weeks ago, Emmett was saying after the City draw at Chelsea, the four-all draw, that maybe that's the way, if you're going to get a result against City, that's the way to play. Don't sit down and just take your two or three nil defeat, but but go for it. At a, put yourself at a risk of maybe a hammering um, in trying to get a result. Um, and I don't think Tottenham will be as fortunate as Chelsea in, in, in and is escaping with a point here. They do have the best away record in the league this season, Tottenham, but it's it's hard for me to see anything other than a comfortable Man City win. I was looking at them in all the positive markets on the handicaps, halftime, full time. Winbo team to score, Mark touched on. I what I like most, it's slightly bigger price than Winbo team to score is Man City to win and over three point five goals, um, which you're getting at around six to four, two point five on the on the uh, exchange right now. It's two point four seven five on the sports book. Um, Tottenham have scored in every game this season. You wouldn't be surprised if they scored here, um, as Mark has mentioned. But City themselves could easily rack up three, four, five goals um, yeah. if they're if they're firing and Spurs are as expansive as we're expecting them to be. Big bad boys, he's in the house. Alex Boys from Betfair in the squad once again. Spurs have caused lots of problems for City in recent games, but as we've said, Ange Postacoglu very different to Nuno or Antonio Conte. Yeah, and I think that's the the key thing, you know, that he we know he isn't going to change his style. And as a man who watched Marcelo Bielsa have the same mentality at Leeds, there's the mention... Oh, yes. Um, regardless Six, three, of, seven, two, things like that. Regardless <laughs> of who we played, I, I I applaud it. Yes, I get people think it's ridiculous at times. You know, our managers should always adapt, adapt, adapt. But I think there's a lot to be said from from a fan point of view, based on what they see each and every week. And have Spurs ever been more united in the stands right now than in recent years? I think it's hard to argue, perhaps not. And I think that's worth it's a, a low lot, so. bar as well, isn't it? I mean, <laughs> you know, they were just about ready to give up on football entirely. I think a lot of those Spurs fans, and then he obviously swoops in with amazing football. I mean, he's great, Postecoglou, no doubt. But yeah, I think a lot of managers would have been able to do that as well. Yeah, and then, and and the thing is, like I think Brian said, there they've pretty much had an identical. I think they might have the exact same points return after thirteen games than last season, but there's definitely it's much better to watch, right, and much more enjoyable to get involved with and. Look, it's Which not ideal. Point. Ultimately, it's supposed yeah. to be entertainment. That's the that's why we're all here, really. Yeah, and that's the idea. You know, we, exactly. We don't need to go into the big injury list, but if you actually look at the three defeats in a row individually, I mean, the the chaos of the Chelsea game. They were leading Wolves in stoppage time, and somehow lost, and they could have been out of sight against Villa before half time. Yeah. So yes, it's probably their own doing at the same time that's cost them these games. But I think they've 
they've nearly fell on the right side of those those matches as well. So it's maybe just not ideal that the the fixture you get after a three game losing run is Manchester City away, of course. You know, especially if you're not going to change your style, and and I wouldn't want him to either. So. Um, yes, I'm a bit more positive on Spurs, but no, I'm not going to back them to go and win at City. Um, I just kind of echo the lads saying that I think they'll score, having scored in every game. Mark's mentioned City's clean sheet record. I think it's five in 21 all season. It's not very good. And um, I can actually see Spurs taking the lead again, like 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 Leipzig did. It's more that over, over the game, Man City will, will come out on top. I mean, I noticed it was 14 to 1 for Spurs to be leading at halftime and losing at full time, which I thought was... It's quite interesting. But for me, Kev, I'm off to the bet builders, of course. Um, City Big to win. Big bet builder, yes. Yeah. Well, look, I was having to think about this. I've, I've actually decided to have a rebrand on the, the bet builder cave because I don't want to step on Mark O'Hare's bet cave territory. Okay. So I was having to think about it. I was like, and I thought, oh, what rang well? I thought the bet builder ballroom rings quite nicely. <laughs> okay. You know, I'm, an el- I'm an elegant Actually, man. Actually, not takes- that strictly audience. That's what we're doing. The- <laughs> right, I take okay. seriously. So we're going to head to the ballroom just to see what we can come up with. Okay. Um, okay. That might change next week for the embarrassment of what I've just said. But um, I'm, I'm with the lads on. something sparkly <laughs> for this? Is that the idea? I've got my tap shoes on, if that helps. But Okay, fine. Um, Good. <laughs> I am. Um, I am. Um, I'm with the lads on City to win and both teams to score, so that gets us to odds against straight away, which is a nice little boost. And then quickly, I think adding Jeremy Doku to score or assist. Uh, this is such a fun player to watch. Yeah. Um, he looks to have already potentially dislodged Grealish as Pep's main left winger. He started four of City's last five. He was rested in midweek, but came on at two 0 down for Grealish fairly early on in the second half and helped City turn it around. He's um. Doku is one of three players this season who averages over two non-penalty shots per 90 and over two chances created from open play per 90 alongside Mohamed Salah and Moussa Diaby. And Not I think the high line... Easy. Yeah, it's, it's brilliant. And, you know, the high line of Spurs could make this a field day for Doku, especially, especially if City catch Spurs high when, you know, Poro steps in and into that kind of inverted midfield role. And if they win it off him there, which, you know, Spurs, which they're likely to do at, at different times, Doku will be playing in acres of space and he has, has the ability as a number show to, to score or create. And uh, for the final leg, we just need a card, of course. And that is going to be Destiny Udogi. And I absolutely love this guy, by the way. He epitomises Postacoglu, I think. And whilst there are, there are weaknesses, you know, he's had some tough games. I think back to the North London derby, I think Saka had him on toast for the first, first 45 minutes. He got booked and there was always a risk he was going to get sent off. And, other managers might have taken him off, but not Postacoglu. He trusts who he's picked, and and I think it's it's a joy to watch. You know, he gets into the box, and it's because of those high positions. He's constantly kind of running back. He's yeah. top of the metrics for recoveries. He averages over two uh, two point four fouls per ninety as well, right up there for tackles. It's usually when he's chasing back. So three yellows and one red so far for Udogi. And the best news of the lot, we've got Simon Hooper refereeing, and he averages more yellows per game than any other ref so far this season. So that'll, you couldn't get a full price right now, but it'll probably be around 10 to 1. 
Wonderful stuff. Uh, injury time goals, as we know, could be a pain in the pocket if they ruin your bets. You've now got 90-minute payout to rescue you. If the clock hits 90 minutes and you've got the right result as it stands, your bet wins when the match ticks into injury time. T's and C's in the description. 18plusbegambleaware.org. Chelsea gave what Mauricio Pochettino described as their worst performance of the season last weekend as they were crushed 4-1 at Newcastle. Things might not get easier against a Brighton team that of course has won at Stamford Bridge fairly recently. Brian, how do you see this one going? Uh, Brighton on the the plus one handicap at odds against yes please for me um, it's a big price like you know Brighton go off favourites at uh, Old Trafford these days so to get the win or draw at odds against at Chelsea is really appealing um, I know they're a bit inconsistent this season Brighton trying to juggle the Europa League with the Premier League has, has proven difficult they're obviously away in Greece as well which is a long enough journey um, in the Europa League on Thursday evening and Deserbi has, has been rotating a lot. He never seems to pick his strongest 11 in any game. It's like a sort of mix and match for every midweek and then Premier League game. But um, they do have some depth there. Um, and it's shown as well. They haven't lost any league games directly after a Europa League game yet this season. Um, but without a doubt as well, they'd have a couple of more points in the league if, if they weren't playing in the Europa League. Their only two away losses this season have been at Man City and Aston Villa. Um two grounds where everybody loses anyways so um, you know you you, you don't have to read too much into that Um, odds against that uh, to pick up just at least a point at Chelsea looks really nice Chelsea won one home win in seven uh, league games this season Um, they have if you look at their metrics uh, you know we do sort of rate them highly the market rates them even better than Man United um, talking about um, Brighton going off fives at Man United it's like they're a bit unlucky Chelsea uh, when you look at their expected points from those seven games but the one win was against Luton then they've three draws against the best three teams in the league uh, Liverpool Arsenal and Man City and then defeats without scoring a goal in, in, in each of their games against Brentford Aston Villa and Nottingham Forest at home um, you know you can put the expected metrics down to Bad luck or, or or bad finishing as well, and, and and for me it's a lot of lot of bad finishing with Chelsea so far this season. Um, Brighton are better than at least two of those three teams that Chelsea have lost to at home. They've not lost in their last three league visits to Stamford Bridge. Um, although if you look further into those sort of numbers, you could probably say that about a number of teams going to Stamford Bridge. Happy yes. happy to, happy to side with Brighton for this one uh, to get either a win or a draw at odds against. Yeah, Alex, that second half collapse at Newcastle was bizarre because Thiago Silva, who's one of the best, still one of the best defenders around, absolutely lost his mind for a period of that game. And there's just so little experience outside of him. Obviously, Reese James got sent off, so that was boneheaded as well. They're just a really weird group of players, aren't they? And you kind of expect this because they've been hurled together. They've had Pochettino go in there. He's seems like quite a frustrated school teacher trying to get his ideas across and the class isn't completely listening. So th- this is quite a test for them, isn't it, really? I, I really think it is. Um, it's, it's interesting you mentioned Silver there because if he's making mistakes, the whole thing's falling apart because he's usually the one who's trying and to, to keep that level of consistency. And I think the defence is the interesting part because as Brian said, we know they are rated by the market. You know, they've just, they, they have kind of underperformed their expected goals, but defensively, it kind of chops and change a lot. Chilwell and Reese James are so unreliable now when it comes to actually playing football. And then you look at the centre of defence. I mean, I think Barry Ashile came in against Newcastle 
I didn't actually see the game, but from what I've read, people were not very convinced. He was a bit rusty. They've still got Dizazi as well. Colwell was on the bench, I think. It's chopped and changed a lot because of injuries, suspensions and stuff. I get that, but they're certainly not kind of um, looking very strong at the back. I, I think I'm not sure about the goalkeeper either, Sanchez. I think he makes some good saves, but I'm not convinced about him at all. I, I feel like he's one of those goalkeepers There's always a mistake in him somewhere. Yeah, and as a unit... Obviously, you just kind of want to get against that. And I think that was proven at Newcastle, you know, end up getting battered 4-1, really. So I just want to get against Chelsea at this price. Four to six on the Betfair Sportsbook at home. And I'm just not having that. You know, I was well on board with their performance against City, but they still conceded four goals in the end. And it was another home match without a win. Brian mentioned their, their home form this season. If you extend it back to the calendar year of 2023, you've got three wins in 19 home Premier League games. One was against Crystal Palace who were soon to be rid of Vieira. One was against Leeds, who were, can you swear on this podcast? Pony last season, <laughs> Leeds were. Pony's um, fine. And, uh, all right. And then one this season was, it was against Luton. So I just can't see how that allows them to be such a short price in their next home game. And this isn't Sheffield United turning up to Stamford Bridge. You know, it's Brighton. Brian mentioned their inconsistency, but Brighton side who are a win away from qualifying for the Europa League knockouts, the eighth in the Premier League, and on their day, they can beat anybody. You know, they rocked up to Arsenal last season who were going for the title in April and smashed them 3-0 at the Emirates. So I, w- I was tempted to put up their match odds at 7-2. I think that's just a great price, to be honest. They've scored in 17 straight games, but we know we just can't quite trust them defensively because they've also conceded in 17 straight games. And... and and they're actually now chasing down uh, Newcastle in the late 50s for a, who had a longer top flight streak of scoring, conceding in uh, <laughs> uh, consecutive top flight games. It's just it's such an interesting kind of quirk of their their form. So laying Chelsea at 1.76 on the exchange was a bet for me. But as you as we know, I kind of prefer looking for bigger prices. And it's 7-4 to four for over 1.5 Brighton goals. You know, we can all but be guaranteed that Brighton are going to go and score one there. You know, this is against a side who've got one home clean sheet in 11 and conceded the same number of, of goals as Everton. Um, so close to two to one and, and almost trebling our money is, is the angle for me here. The, the price actually jumps up to 11 to two for over two and a half. Um, just like City and Newcastle both done to Chelsea. And uh, yeah, you can call me the onion this week. So I don't, I don't like to make people cry, but I like to lay in my bets and I'll be back in that one as well. Wonderful. The Onion. We've had his ballroom. We've had The Onion. If you're of a fragile disposition, by the way, just cover your ears for 20 seconds. What did you want to say, Boise? What were you going to say? And then he stopped. Absolutely shite. Oh, okay. Okay. That's not too offensive. That's all right. I don't think that will get thrown off just yet. Uh, Mark. Strange old game, this one, because Chelsea... Todd Bowley seems obsessed with Brighton. He might end up going back with them to the South Coast, depending on what happens. he got the manager in, he got executives in, they got Caicedo and Kukurea in as well. But Brighton have just run so much better than they are. They are, yeah. And I can certainly see why the lads want to get them on side here. My, my inkling coming into this match, doing my prep on it, was to back Brighton with a plus one start on the Asian handicap at 176, which just looks a, a no-brainer from the outset. However, I've kind of gone elsewhere because I'm a little bit concerned for a couple of reasons on Brighton this weekend. One being the game in Athens uh, on Thursday. So, you know, it's a reasonable away day for, for Brighton and their players to, to come back. Secondly, Lewis Dunk is suspended after his needless red card last weekend. That's and so also- funny. 
was so <laughs> funny. I'm not going to repeat what he said to Anthony Taylor, <laughs> but check it out because he swears at Anthony Taylor and he calls him something. And then one of the Brighton players says to says to um, Taylor, what you send him off for? And he went, he called me a... <laughs> so funny. Yes. Brilliant. Yeah, so he'll be missing now. And it's not just his absence, which kind of puts me a little bit off Brighton, but also the injury list. I'll, I'll just read out the players who are missing this weekend. Uh, Stupinian, Lamptey, Fatty, Welbeck, Enciso, Dahoud, Webster, Dunk and March. I would say at least probably half a dozen of those are our first choice options yeah. in Brighton's best 11. Fatty's so he's out for ages as well, isn't he? I'm a bit gutted for him, to be honest. Yeah. I think he's going to be out for two or three months, isn't he? End of January, they, they assume. Oh. But um, Matoma should come back, which is a, a plus. Um, so the issue you have, really, in terms of the, the one X2 and the handicap, is, you know, I've already touched on just what, what kind of trust do you have in Chelsea? And I think the fact that you just can't predict what we're going to get from them there have been some green shoots, but you know that's kind of cancelled out by the, the horror show at Newcastle last week. They've now got James and Cucurella suspended, but they'll still be able to field a, a talented eleven. So I'll leave the, the sort of major markets alone, and instead I'm going to focus on the goals because why wouldn't you when Brighton are involved? It's just what we we tend to do. As uh, Boise has said, BTTS has now landed in every Brighton game this season. Those matches have produced 3.92 goals. They rank third for shots on target, but they also rank inside the top half for shots on target conceded. Um, that's just Brighton's way. Uh, this season alone, they've won 3-1 three times. They've also lost 3-1 once. They've won 4-1 twice. They've won 3-2 once. They've also been thumped 6-1. And um, <laughs> six of their seven against the top 12 have featured at least four goals. They take risks um, in their own penalty area and across the field. They've asked kind of relentless rotation policy which makes it impossible to predict their formation, their system. But we always know their approach is to entertain, to get forward and create chances. So they are tremendous fun. So I'm going to just combine over to enough goals and BTTS for 1.8. For me, that is the the safer play. I can certainly see both teams scoring. Then we just require a third goal to get us over the line. Um, But yeah, if I'm going to be on Brighton's side, I thought the plus one was definitely worth a look because Chelsea required two goals, to win by two goals or more to see that bet lose. But as I say, that the team news is, is slightly concerning. Alex, let's take a look at London Derby. West Ham against Crystal Palace. Palace are a funny team. Not quite sure what to make of them. It's good that Elise's back. He scored an absolutely brilliant goal last weekend, but they lost to Luton, which is obviously a huge setback for them. Uh, whereas West Ham, I think, generally have balanced the Premier League and the Europa League pretty well so far. Yeah, they have. It's it's been very kind of somewhat inconsistent. You know, they're currently on a two-game winning streak, West Ham, but that that was after a three-game def- uh, three-game three losing game streak. I can't get my words out, Kev. I'm absolutely gone. The onions falling apart. What's happening? <laughs> Sorry, yes, after Give a three-game losing streak. There we go. Um, they've now won back-to-back games, and yeah, they're ninth in the Premier League, um, and like I say, doing really well in the Europa League. So I think West Ham fans will be fairly happy with that after after last season's where they. Obviously had the European glory, but we're close to relegation throughout the whole season. But this is much more balanced. I think they've got a much more balanced squad. And that's kind of the way that I was going to look at this game anyway, because with Edson Alvarez and James Ward-Prowse now, it's kind of allowed those two and Thomas Suchek to form a really nice partnership kind of in the midfield and then let those kind of flair plays of Kudos and Bowen and Paqueta and 
whoever wants to play up front between Antonio and uh, Danny Ings to, to kind of do what they do best. Apart from that's probably their one week spot, right? Their number nine is still not as convincing as it probably could be. There must be... A keep 16... getting good number nines and they don't know how to use them. Yes. Sebastian Allaire and just ping the ball over his head the entire time. And then they got Skamaka, had no idea how to use him either. There must there, there must be a January bid for someone coming in, someone in Europe who's, who's doing really well. So West Ham are usually the club to go and bite there, aren't they? So... Um, but I mentioned Thomas Suchek there. He, he scored two late winners either side of the international break for West Ham now against Forrest and at Burnley. He actually scored in both international fixtures for the Czech Republic as well. So he's actually on a four-game scoring run. You know, we've all known his aerial threat since he came to the Premier League. But now they've got the balance with Alvarez and James Ward-Prowse in midfield. He's allowed to venture forward a little bit more. Um, so as I mentioned, a much more balanced side and... When they've got Paqueta, Bowen, Kudos and Suchek, they're a real threat, West Ham, going forward. So not only is he on, is he on a four-game scoring run, it, it's it's the shot markets that are tempting me in here. And I do have to point to an article that um, one of our writers on betting.betfair, Lewis Jones, wrote for us uh, um, just, just earlier in this week, which inspired me to dig into Suchek ahead of this game. So across his last seven Premier League starts, Suchek's shot numbers read, uh, read as 3 6 one, two, zero. So in 577 minutes of Premier League action, he's averaging over three shots per 90. And the one game he didn't start in that run, by the way, was when they lost 1-0 to Everton at home. And I think Moyes went a little bit more ambitious with Bowen, Kudos, Antonio Paqueta all in the side. And they lost that 1-0, left him on the bench. So, And we haven't seen that foursome since, by the way. So that only highlights the importance of Suchek to Moyes. And he's now on six goals in all competitions. You know, he only managed three last season and he got 10 in that initial first season where we all thought he was brilliant. He's well on his way to catching that. So to, to clarify, we're not we're not backing him to score here. Um, but I did have a look at his, his, his shot prices and you can get 11 to 10 for two plus shots, seven to two for three plus shots and 10 to one for four plus shots. Now, the kind of downside here is that last week, for four plus shots against Burnley, which clicked, and the week before against Forest, it was 20 to one. So people have been cutting onto this. It's been out there in the stratosphere. So we have lost some of the prices on, you know, cutting half there. For t- but 10 to one for four plus shots is is still something that I'll definitely be taking a look at as a single. And, and when it comes to bet builders for this one, I'd, I'd advise anyone to look at two, three, and four to really boost up, to really boost up their price for this one. So yeah, he's becoming a real threat for West Ham. Um, and it seems to be a target for them, which is great. Yeah, if you look at Sochek in his earlier career at Slavia Prague, he was always that type of player. Always somebody who would get forward and uh, could score from range or could just ghost into the box and get goals that way. He did that in Europe very, very well. Uh, let's have a look at Leverkusen against Dortmund, which is the big game on Sunday in the Bundesliga. Dortmund desperately trying to cling on in the title race. Leverkusen have only dropped two points all season. They've been absolutely outstanding. Brian, you wanted to combine this with a couple of other games, didn't you? Yeah, I have a I have a, a an overs treble. And I hardly reinvented the wheel with this one. Um, as, as, as we head towards the end of the year awards, I was looking to get in the most unimaginable bet of the season uh, nomination. Wonderful. Yeah, and it comes in, uh, at, 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 it's a treble of, of uh, overs goals for Sunday 
Um, so it starts at Chelsea Brighton, which we've already um, covered. Just over 1.5 goals in that game. Um, it's already got the uh, Marco Hare seal of approval as he had gone for both teams to score. Um, just the 18 goals in Chelsea's last three games and over 1.5 goals has clicked in all 16 of Brighton's league and Europa League games this season. Um, so two goals in that one. Then Man City, Tottenham, we've talked about and gone for over two, two and a half goals. Um, three of us have already mentioned, I think, uh, we're expecting goals with this one. I went with Man City to win and over 3.5 goals for my main bet, but just taking the over 2.5 here for the treble. And finally, to the Bundesliga, as you said, where tabletoppers Bayer Leverkusen are up against Dortmund. Um, and the Bundesliga, it's been the place to go to for goals all season, hasn't it? It's been well talked about on this uh, podcast already. Naturally, the goal line is short. Um, over 2.5 goals has clicked in all 12 of Leverkusen's league games this season and five of Dortmund's six away league games. Um, so over 2.5 goals in that one as well. It should be a, a cracking game on Sunday. Um, and that treble, it comes in just above evens, but it's uh, December now. We got a boosted treble yesterday. I'll be able to get a little uh, boost and enhanced price on this treble, which will be on site on Sunday. Lovely stuff. One to keep an eye out for. Another to keep an eye out for is Volarenga against Tromsø in Norway. Mark, you've saved the best till last. Sometimes I don't know whether you're taking the PISS when you sort of do How these How dare intros, you? But... <laughs> How dare you? Of course I am <laughs> serious about elitesery in action. How dare Good. you? Good. Uh, you should be serious because it's the final weekend uh, in Norway and there's plenty to play for. Um, you know, if you looked at the league table, you might look and see, well, Bodo have been crowned champions uh, a couple of weeks back. Arlesons have already been relegated. So what is there still left to play for? Well, second and third uh, secures European qualification, which is a, a big feat for Norwegian clubs. Um, in that race, we've got Tromso, who are currently third. They're a point off second, but only two points ahead of fourth who is a Viking, who have a presentable, a winnable match on the final day of the season. Um, so if Tromso were to achieve European qualification would be enormous, really, considering where they've been in the last decade, their budget, etc. and so on. They're travelling to second bottom of Varenga, who, um, well, in Norway, the bottom two go down automatically and the third bottom enters a promotion relegation playoff. Valarenga are in deep trouble, but uh, they are only one point away from safety. They are one of four teams who could end up in the bottom two or bottom three. It's really, really tight down there. So that kind of sets the scene ahead of this match. There's a huge amount riding on it for both clubs. I'm not sure it's been factored in enough, really, for Tromso. Um, so Tromso have been a kind of running theme throughout this season. They've been underrated and written off by the markets throughout the campaign. They come into this match having lost just seven times all season, three defeats away from home all season. I'm going to back them with a quarter goal start on the Asian handicap at 1.91. So we make money as long as they avoid defeat. They have won 10 of 14 away days. They have won five and drawn one of six trips to teams in 10th and below. They have the league's best defence. They have scored in 24 of 29 league matches. Yet they are significant outsiders away at a Valarenga side who've lost 15 of 29. They've lost nine of 14 at home and managed just two home wins all season. They've lost all eight games when hosting the top half. And if you take out their results against already relegated Arlesons, they've won five games from 27 this season. Yet they're firm favourites to beat Tromso here. So for me, they are artificially short because of their need to win this fixture, their desperation. But Tromso need the result as well. So, you know, as we say in May, um, just because a team needs to win doesn't magically make them a yes, much better team absolutely. than side who played for the last six, seven, eight months, um, especially so when playing a, a higher class opponent who Tromso are. So 
you know, they both share a big desire to get something out of this match. But um, yeah, Tromso with a quarter goal start here. This is a team who've won 10 or 14 away against a Tide who've lost 9 or 14 at home. They're opposite ends of the table. It doesn't make too much sense to me. So I'll back Tromso with a quarter goal start and we make money as long as they avoid defeat. Lovely stuff. I should be checking that out very, very soon. I can tell you that much. Uh, That's all we have time for on this edition of Football Only Better. Please do remember to gamble responsibly. All of our shows now are on Betfair's new non-racing YouTube channel. Uh, So make sure you like and subscribe. We've got a special show coming up because there's a full midweek section uh, of Premier League games. So uh, we'll have a special show coming up. So new feature, we've got a mailbag feature. We're going to take your questions. So uh, if you'd like to ask any of the guys anything about tipping in general or a specific game or just put your questions in general to us and uh, hopefully we'll be able to read them out for you so make sure you check all of that out you lucky lucky people and as alex made reference to as well we've got betting.betfair.com all of the written previews that you need ahead of the action in loads of different leagues not just the uk from brian from mark from alex in his ballroom and from me it's goodbye for now